there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Che. And I'm Ben Peltier. In today's show, and in keeping with the not-so-wonderful weather this week, we're heading to the Conservancy Association Center for Heritage in Tsai Ing-pun for an exhibition of typhoon photographs called Hong Kong in the Storm. Mm. And you may remember that last week we had an a cappella performance from the Okai singers from Taiwan. Well, this week we have more a cappella in the studio, and it's from Oxford University in England. The Oxford Gargoyles will be joining us. First, though, just a couple of weeks ago, on the 13th of March, the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra announced that music director Yap van Spaden's contract with the orchestra is going to be extended. The new contract will last through to the end of the 2018-19 season. The orchestra also has something else to celebrate. This year marks its 40th anniversary. Ben Pelsier went to speak to Yap van Spaden at the beginning of the current season, as he was preparing to conduct Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Maestro Jap van Spaden, thank you for joining us here in the works. This is the third time you've been in front of our cameras, and it's uh, certainly a pleasure to have you back. Thank you. Perhaps you could just begin by telling me what do you think it is about the Beethoven that makes that piece perhaps the most popular classical piece that's ever been written? Well, first of all, it's a, uh, the quality of the piece is just enormous. I mean, it's, um, it is really well balanced out and written so... Uh, smart and at the same time so musical and I think the fifth and together with seven and Eroica those pieces are so perfect that not one note is is too much and there is and uh, you would not like to add actually also one note so it's like a, a, a perfect piece I think the other thing is that um, there are also an incredible amount of possibilities how to play this piece and I think that the audience never uh, is tired by people who like to play the piece and do something new with it or something else with it. And of course we have the old music scene now, uh, the last decade. and. I can say that uh, we all learn so much from that. And I personally worked with so many of these people who are, I can say, specialized uh, and at least are and were and are very interested in this time uh, uh, of making the music and, uh, and composing the music. So um, the piece, because of these people, uh, is alive, stays alive, and will be always a very interesting piece for the, for the public. While we're on the topic of milestones, this orchestra turns 40 years old in 2014. Yeah. I suppose this occasion would be a good time then to reflect on where the orchestra has come from to date and then also to look forward to what's happening in the future. What's your assessment of the current state of the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra, where it's been and where you'd like to take it? It is an orchestra full of energy, which is um, really, I think, knocking on the door, in, on the international door, to, uh, and to open some doors in the future. So 
um, it would be very interesting and very nice to, um, to go international, to go to Europe, to go on tour with them, mainland China, um, and that's all being planned. So um, it is very important. I always think that if you want to have an international sound, you should go international. And I think the orchestra is ready for it, absolutely. So uh, I'm very happy to be here and be part of, an, of a journey which we are going to make uh, very soon. When you have an orchestra that's, as you say, knocking on the door, what are those few key things that make the difference to bring it to that next level? I think that, um, again, um, you can play better than the Berlin Philharmonic in, in our own hall. Um, but the, the international recognition is a very important one. So just going places, just do it, going, that will be the essential thing. Maestro, it's a delight to talk to you here center stage. Um, I would just like to close by asking you uh, personally, what's left on your personal checklist, either for this orchestra or just for yourself, in terms of your career in classical music or your goals for the orchestra, either one? What's left on the checklist? What do you really want to do that you haven't yet done? I'm not a type of guy who when I kiss my wife, that I look over her shoulder if I can get something better. And um, I hardly think that it's possible because I have a great uh, wife. But uh, uh, the thing is that this is also how I, s how I, how I live with my orchestras, with my engagements. Um, the orchestra itself is my wish list. And to work on that wish list, to work with them, that is the, 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 daily, the daily work is a, is a great road. And um, I have no time actually to think about what I would like to do and did not do. I think it is very important that you treasure and that you are humble and that you are happy with the things you have. And if you concentrate on what you don't have in life, that is a very difficult thing, especially for me, I think. Maestro, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Maps can be both science and art. Of course, they have to be accurate. 
to show people how to get where they want to go. But historical maps in particular are also artistic renderings of reality. An exhibition at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum shows us one of the great historical maps in the exhibition Mapping Ming, China's Maritime World, the Selden Map and other treasures from the University of Oxford, which was recently opened by former governor Chris Patton. This map shows the reality of commerce rather than what people would have said uh, rhetorically. Um, and I think that's an expression of, of reality. Um, we use lots of cliches about um, uh, globalization today. We talk about the interconnectedness of the world. Well, the Selden map shows that very clearly. And I think it's um, it's an example of the importance of great universities treasuring these objects. Um, with, this, with this map, um, its real significance was only really established fairly recently by one of our academics. Um, and once he'd said how important this was, um, we then set about uh, restoring it in the way that a, one of the greatest libraries in the world can do. We'll be back after the break. See you then. Welcome back. As the weather of the past few days has reminded us, living in the city isn't always an infallible defense against the worst the weather has to offer. But although the weekend's hailstorms caused plenty of damage, that's not a lot compared with what Hong Kong has experienced in the past at the hands of typhoons. As an exhibition at the Conservancy Association Center for Heritage shows, the first storm photographed in 1874 not only dealt a heavy blow to Hong Kong's economy, it killed more than 2,000 people. And there have been worse. A 1937 typhoon killed 11,000. For this exhibition, the Conservancy Association Centre for Heritage, with the help of the Hong Kong Collectors Society, has collected over a hundred historical photos from 1874 to the present day. They've also issued a bilingual newspaper called Typhoon Post, which interviews over ten elderly people about their memories of the typhoons of the past. Shelter in a safe place was once a dream for them. Hong 
天文台嘅其中一個原因嚟嘅。當時誒好多死傷者咧，有有啲係喺個海上邊咧已經係即係沖走咗。咁所以呢個風災咧係香港有史以嚟咧第一個咧係有咁多誒照片記錄嘅一個大颱風。香港當時咧係死咗起碼二千人。所以今次睇翻呢啲歷史圖片，亦都睇得到咧，當時嗰個災情咧係真係相當嚴重。中環根據歷史記載咧，係好多屋都冧曬嘅。當時嘅主教堂咧都冧咗，都爛咗。誒，沿岸嗰個我哋叫做寶靈海旁啦，而家已經填咗海啦。中環一帶咧個海旁咧都係被風暴潮淹浸咗，有成四五尺水咁高嘅。Hong Kong is situated in a subtropical monsoon climate zone that leaves it subject to the effects of tropical cyclones from June to October every year. In our more urban world, it's easy to downplay the potential damage, but weather events like these inevitably influence the poor and the less well-sheltered more. Many of Hong Kong's elderly can still remember 1962's Typhoon Wanda, even if they can't remember which year they were born. This是1962年溫代的天氣圖 因為不會受到雷送島或者台灣島的影響 Last week, Okai, a young a cappella group from Taiwan, sang a traditional Taiwanese folk song in our studio. This week, we're heading to the other side of the world and to Oxford University for more a cappella singing, and the music couldn't be more different. The Oxford Gargoyles were visiting Hong Kong last week, and while they were here, they came to the studio to talk to Ben Che and to bring us their take on a couple of jazz tunes. <laughs> Build her up with apple pudding in the mood. In the mood, I said I got it. In the mood. 
talking to Sam Galler and the Oxford Gargoyles. Hi Sam, welcome to the program. Hey Ben, it's great to be here. Hey, welcome. Uh, so let's start by telling us about the uh, bit, bit about the history of your group, you know, the background, how did it start and so on. The Oxford Gargoyles are 16 years old. Uh, it's a jazz a cappella group at Oxford University that was founded by a group of people who really, really liked singing jazz and at the time there were no other jazz singing groups. So um, it was uh, inspired by the American a cappella tradition, the collegiate a cappella tradition. Uh, but very, very quickly established itself as one of the best a cappella groups in the UK. And you mentioned there's a bit of jazz in it. Um, how does that differentiate from other standard a cappella groups? Yeah, well, I'd say most a cappella groups focus a lot on top 40 and pop music. Uh, to do uh, justice to jazz music, it takes a lot more, uh, a lot higher level of musical um, of, of, of musicianship, I'd say. So we do five and six part arrangements. Some of them are very, very challenging. And uh, we have an excellent music director who rehearses us through that. And you guys are in town as part of the uh, Asia and Macau tour, or Hong Kong Macau tour. Can you tell us how that tour came about? So this is our first ever Hong Kong Macau tour. It's the first ever time the group has been to Asia at all. And we, we wanted to do something different this year. We had a really, really um, ambitious group, and I decided to plan and organize a trip to Hong Kong and Macau. Hong Kong has a very, very growing uh, interest in acapella, and I had some um, friends here who, who said it would be great to bring the group out. And so we planned over 30 performances. We're here for 10 days, and then we're in Macau for three days. Sam, if people wanted to find out more information about the Oxford Goggles, where can they go to do that? The best place to go would be our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash theoxfordgargoyles. We have updates, and you'll be able to find all sorts of pictures from our tour in Hong Kong and Macau. Um, you can also visit our website, which is www.theoxfordgargoyles.com. Uh, what's, what song would you like to play for us? So we have a jazz version of the Disney classic from Aladdin called Friend Like Me. Okay, great. Let's hear it. Great. Well, Alibaba have them 40 fish, Herodot have them 
Missy, you're in luck. Got up your sleeves, got a brand of magic, never fails. You got some power in your corner now, some heavy ammunition in your can. You got some punch, besides, you and how. All you gotta do is rub that lamp, and I'll say, Mr. Aladdin, sir, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order. Jot it down, you ain't never had a friend like me, no, no. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir, we pride ourselves on service. To the boss, the king star. Say what you wish, it's yours to dish. I'm a little more back to the I'm some column A, giant all of column B. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me.